Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Alongside me once again, Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for joining me. Joe, good to be back. It's been a been a good start to the week. We've only had one out of three days of rain, so <laughs> anytime we can do that, solid start. One, not just that, but sun, like no clouds. <laughs> that's that's the big big part. Uh, we're recording this again at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. You can send us your questions and feedback by sending an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or get at us on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, you can listen to the show every Thursday morning at nhhighschoolsports.com or on iTunes. Uh, you know, before we get rolling here into anything specific, you know, as we, as we mentioned, and as I'm sure everybody knows, uh, the weather's kind of been crap the last, uh, I don't know, two weeks, two and a half weeks, it feels like. We're finally starting to get into maybe spring i i don't know possibly um, possibly what what it's done is kind of um you know there are a bunch of teams Dairyfield's one of them portsmouth in division two uh also one of them you look at bg uh school okay basically the schools that have turf um you're at 11 games already this year i think portsmouth has played 12 uh, Nashua South is played just got something. To you know, we had a yeah. rare, we had a rare, uh, we had a rare cancellation with St. Thomas. Right, we, right. You know, we should be at twelve. We should be at twelve. The that flip doesn't happen too often. The flip of that is, you know, you got a team like uh, another a D two opponent or foe for you, Hollis Brookline, that just this week is playing its fifth and sixth games. Um, so in the matter of, you know, I'm looking at the schedule, and we're going to be doing this, including tonight, three more times in the regular season. And from week to week, things are going to change so drastically because teams are going to be playing so many yeah, games. Yeah, the, 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 the standings are going to change dramatically over the next couple of weeks. And you're also seeing ADs get really creative. There's now I've seen games rescheduled for Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. Um, we play oh, – I'm blanking. I'll, we'll have to look at it as the show goes on. But we play a team uh, on a Monday, and they're playing on a Sunday. They're playing right. on Holl a Sunday. Hollis. It's Hollis. Hollis is there, playing, there it they're is, playing yeah. Merrimack yeah. on the 19th. Yep. Uh, and then they turn around and host host you guys on yeah, the 20th. Yeah, so ADs at this point, their their hands are being kind of forced into into when they can play games and having to get a little bit creative with, with when when to make those games. You know, up. I, I won another one I was looking at um, a team like Nashua North, who had a kind of odd schedule where the middle portion of their schedule was all road games, has had a couple postponed. I think they play, including the game they played on the eighth Wednesday, the eighth, they played something like eight games in in six day or excuse me six games in eight days it just it, it's gonna be um i mean it is anyways the spring season is always a little hectic but i think more so this year um like i said you're gonna have to check the, the standings every single day to see where teams are and which kind of leads me into the first thing i wanted to talk about today um you know i think the biggest place where we've seen this lately is in you know on the division one boy side where if you look at the, that top 10 it is so bunched up there because you don't have a team there's no undefeated team there's no one loss team every team in division one this year already has two losses a couple have three a couple have four i think a, one or two have five and you win or lose a game and it could be the difference of going go from, from being a three seed a three, all yeah. the way down to the ninth seed right you know, right and, so and it's kind of it's it's kind of crazy and I, I i guess you know really i guess teams are just going to have to kind of I hate I hate cliches, but take it day by day. They are, and I think uh, it's also hard to really kind of unless you're really looking at the schedules. It's really hard to kind of project what matchups you're going to see in the playoffs. Where in other years you could kind of you could kind of do that. 
Um, I, I think at some level you can do that. But, you know, before we started the show, you had mentioned Londonderry and, and the, the, you know, the, the start that they have had. I think Coach Sampson's done a great job this season with that team, you know, losing two key players before the season who don't come out to the team. And then to have his team sitting at 6-5 and five right now with arguably a, a very winnable schedule at the end. He could, he could win out. They, they've got six games left on there. But I, they're hard, in theory, their hardest games, you know, looking at it right now, Sauhegan, Timberlane, they both have them at home. They are back-to-back. That is unfortunate. And, and like we've talked about, weather, cancellations, things like that. Um, but in theory, they, they could win out and be, be sitting at, you know, 12-5 uh, 12, 12 and five going to the playoffs with a top-four seed. Or on the flip side of that, they could be in the middle of the pack there. Um, you know, I believe they lost a, a, a long pole, too, um, to an injury early in the season too so they've been they've been beat up a little bit um i i think hands down talent wise just looking at how they what they do what they've been able to do this year they they are a a top four team in the division they're three goals away they're four goals away from having two two wins over exeter you know they've played they've taken exeter to the mat into the what down to the wire both games that they've played them at exeter and at home um, this is a team that I don't think too many teams are going to want to see come playoff time. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if something crazy happens and they do end up f- sliding a little further down or some other teams have a really good finish to the season, I mean, you're talking about potentially a team that, you know, we may be viewed as a semifinalist at the beginning of the year, opening the year as a maybe – or opening the playoffs as a six or a seven seed. I, I mean, I'd hate to be – you know, one of those teams that, that that's lined up across from them and have to get them in the first round, you know, regardless of whether they, they have a good shot at pulling an upset or not, you know, you, you as a high seed, your reward is supposed to be that you yeah. get a, an, an easier game in the, in the opening I, round. I would hope for the Pinkerton kids, though, just that I'm, you know, again, I think it's a, it's a really nice job that Coach Sampson's done. I, I hope they are able to, to win out and, and get that reward and get to play a home game in that first round. And, um, you know, get a good matchup they can win and take, get a shot at making the final four there. Um, you know, it's just been it's – a, it's a really good schedule that they put together. And, uh, you know, if anything, that should help them come playoff time. Where else uh, – so looking around Division One there, where, el- where else do you see some of, the, some of the key matchups coming in this week? You know, uh, one that I talked about with, with – I think earlier with you, you know, you look at Concord's schedule this week. Concord had a really um, – you know, some four-game week this week. They started off with a win against Bedford today. They, or excuse me, Wednesday. They go out or they host Exeter, come up short there. But then they finish up Friday against Hanover, Saturday against Dover in a, in a makeup game, um, and then even going looking at next week, they turn around and Monday they play at Sauhegan. Um, you know, that's a huge week for them because those are all games that, um, you know, maybe with the expe- ex- exception of that Exeter game, games that they probably should win. Um, they should if they were spaced out better. But that's the right, problem with right. the way the weather's been. You know, you can only ask Brendan Pearl to do so much. Does he have enough other complementary players around him? Are those guys going to be healthy? You know, um, and these are key games. You're at Hanover, you've got Dover at home, and then you got to go on the road at Sauhegan and Salem. Those are all games you need to win if, you, if you're going to make a run at this right now. And so if they come, i, I got to think they they got to be thinking we got to go two and two or better. If we don't go two or two or better in that stretch, then then it's going to be hard to make the playoffs at that point. You know, and the other the other game I kind of or other uh, kind of set of games I had my eyes on was uh, for Nashua South this weekend. Same thing. They host Bedford on Friday and then turn around and have to go to Hanover on Saturday. 
Um, you know, they, they go out to Dover this past Monday, take a loss out there. Um, you know, I don't know if y- you call that an upset. It's kind of a, it seemed like a kind of an, an, an odd score to me. Um, but then they turn around and then they and turn they put up a 15 to one score against Salem, a Salem team that that has caused some problems for for teams this year. So um, that, that that was a really that that Dover score did turn my head as well. So, you know, they're kind of in a position now where, you know, they still have Pinkerton. They still have BG on the schedule. So they've got to really, really win some games at this point. So it's kind of this. Should, this is a big weekend for them. Um, you know, and I think, you know, we mentioned uh, we mentioned Dover there, who, who got off to the nice start at the beginning of the season, beating Timberlane. And then there was the rematch, the rematch that happened uh, with, with Timberlane taking a 9-3 win there. So Timberlane off to, you know, was off to a slow start and then has turned things around since then. They had a tough, tough loss up at Hanover on the road, um, you know, ran into a little bit of his own defense there. But, you know, today or against against Dover, they put it all together there. Um, you know that's that's a team that looking at their schedule coming down the stretch that is it, it's they've got a tough end of the end of the season schedule but they're playing as hot as anyone right now uh, coach Blaska has got his kids believing but you know are there enough wins on the schedule there coming down uh, looking at some other matchups I want to jump over to uh, the girls side for division one uh, because on Thursday there is a very big game coming up um, over at Stello Stadium uh, five o'clock on Thursday between uh, Bedford and Bishop Girton. Uh, Bishop Girton, of course, coming in undefeated. Um, you know, really only a handful of games this, so far this year that they've really been been challenged, um, you know, and, and putting up a ton of goals. Um, and then you look at Bedford, you know, who we I know we talked about a couple weeks ago that they had been cruising through the start of their season and uh, kind of hit a, a bump there against Pinkerton. Uh, with their first loss of the year, only loss of the year so far, had a huge game last Saturday against Division Two Winnicott, who might be one of the most unlucky teams uh, so in the state this year. So many one-goal losses this season. Um, but, you know, Bedford comes out with a nice win there. They pick up um, a big win on Tuesday at Concord. And like I said, they come down and, and they're going you know, to play Bishop Girton on, on Tuesday, and I think, uh, or excuse me, Thursday. Um, you know, and that one... I mean that that one's going to really go a long way to determine to determining um, you know does does BG hang on to to that top seed? Well, and I, I think we're going to also see you know does Bedford have the ability to play defense when they need to? Right, they've been putting up big scores, but if you if you look at the teams they put them up against, it hasn't been against the 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 best competition. You know, they the two games that they've really been challenged, Pinkerton, they lose that one, and then they come out with a narrow win against Winnicunit. You know, are they able to are they able to play defense when they need? Are their goalies is their goaltender able to make stops when they really need it? And that that's what we'll probably that's that's what we're going to find out um, come the ninth. You know, and and how are they able to handle BG's defense? BG has one of I think the most aggressive defensives defenses I've seen so far this year. Um, you know, they are not afraid to get out and pressure teams. Um, you know how how does Bedford handle that? That's that's going to be a big part of that game. Um, pretty inter- I th- interested to see how that goes. And then um, you know we mentioned Winnicott and and they um, of course in Division Two this year they were the number one seed the last two years. Uh, made the final two years ago, semifinals last year. This year they've just had what seems to be such a a, a tough run of just coming up. A little bit short in games you know they were I think they had a lead on Bedford late in that game before they you know they they 
uh, ended up losing. They had a lead on Pinkerton before losing that game. You know, they have two or a one goal loss against uh, Portsmouth, a one goal loss against Hollis Brookline. But did that? But did that take a toll on them? Because re- recently they they suffered a 15-6 loss at Portsmouth. You know, does that? You know, are they are they going to be able to be at full strength at the end of the season, or did that tough schedule that they gave them? Was that just too much for them to handle? You know, or too much, and, and how discouraging does it get? You know, is it something that, that they just kind of... Mentally, yeah. you know, why can't we get over the hump? How come we're not winning these one-goal games, right? You know, in their favor, the the back half of their schedule, um, you know, looks a little bit lighter than, than the early part. Their toughest games in that stretch, the end they of the year. Nice two week, yeah. They do have a nice two-week stretch now before they can sort of ramp it up a little bit with at Hanover, at Exeter to kind of get you back in that playoff right. mode. Um just just before the playoffs start yeah. you know on the um on the boys side of things when the when a kind of boys are going in the opposite direction you know we we talked about them the first week of the year they start out um oh and three um but but we played knew every we, game we, top we yeah knew they were going to be a, to- a, a top team coming in we we had them as a as a final four just looking at their roster and the number of seniors that they were turning on a good team from last year we expected them to kind of be a final four uh, caliber team this year, and I think they're starting. They're starting to really prove that right now. They had a great win. I mean, they physically went out and they they just they took it to Portsmouth. Um, a really impressive win. I believe they were up five nothing. Five one in, five in the first game. quarter. Five yeah. one in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, you know, Cole Brahms was winning a lot of faceoffs, but they were able to make stops in the defensive end. They pushed transition. They're, they're a super athletic team, and, and like we talked about at the beginning of the season, they've got a lot of kids that are football, ice hockey players that are just, they're, they're proven winners, and, and they're starting to put it together. You know, the thing for them, you know, they've got, you look at their schedule, and at first glance, um, you know, they, it, it's it's favorable. Um, no doubt, no doubt about that. They've got a great chance to win out. A lot of road trips, though. You know, they have to go to Merrimack, to Manchester Central, to Hollis Brookline. I get to imagine, you know, that they're a team that, that they're going to be kind of the the favorite, if you will, going into those games. I was going to say they do have to go on the road, but it's you know they're not playing. You know, they're a team that hasn't lost a lot of games to weather. Surprisingly, playing being a grass team, and they're going to be favored in each one of those games. They they've got the better lineup against every single team that they've got left on that oh. schedule there. So. The uh, the Merrimack game was been rescheduled twice already. <laughs> I believe it was supposed to. It was originally scheduled for last Friday. Got moved to Tuesday, um, but you know all those crazy thunderstorms that didn't come through yesterday uh, or on Tuesday postponed uh, that game. So that's another one, another Saturday afternoon game. But they left some flexibility in their schedule. They left some right. flexibility in their schedule, so they're not playing you know four game weeks. So you know, yeah, I, Coach Pat Snow's got his team playing well. Right we now. we did you know we did talk about that they were going to be a team to to keep an eye on and but you know what their potential was. It was pretty high, but I really think you know. You can say that, but then for a team to actually come out and show it, you know, in a, in a game as big as that one um, against Portsmouth, that's I guess that's really the the big difference to me is that you know it's one thing to to know that they're going to play someone tough, but can they actually, you know, pull out a win like you know in one of those games? And they did, um, you know. So ho- and and you know some of the closer games they had earlier in the year, I'm sure, you know, helped with that to kind of to to prepare them for those situations. So that that's a team that you know definitely definitely going to keep an eye on, um, you know, the rest of di- the division though. I, I mean, it's St. Thomas continuing to roll, you know, since their one goal setback, where arguably they could have won that game at Portsmouth, they they had a they just kept it rolling. They had a big win over Conval. They had a nice win over Kingswood, thirteen to two. 
Um, you know, and again, their schedule is pretty favorable. But then, then they ramp it back up. They've got it. They've got a Timberlane team that's as hot as any team right now. They're at Dover. They've still got Dairyfield on the schedule. So there's some landmines for them to get through. But that that's a team that's that's probably going to be in contention for a, for a top six, if not a top four spot at the end of the season. You know, I, you figured at this point, um, maybe even more so with Division Two because. You know the bottom and the top are so there's such a drastic difference I think between them, but um, you know there there really isn't yet um, kind of that separation that you would expect to see. You know, with three weeks left in the season, it 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 just hasn't happened yet, and I wonder if that's is it because of how close in talent maybe everybody is. Or is it because of these unbalanced schedules? I think it's I think it's a combination of both, Joe. To be honest with you, um, you know, the, the, there's another team I'm looking at in Merrimack Valley, who potentially could end the season with two, maybe three losses at most on there. So they're going to be they're going to be a very high seed coming into the season. But you know, I know they have talent on their team. I've seen them play indoors, but their schedule has not allowed them to show off how good how good or what what they really are right now they do have a, a big game at golf sound coming up on the 13th that one should kind of tell them where where they're at there um they've got an always tough hollis brookline at home but the rest of their schedule it sets up nicely for them like i said to, to possibly have as few as two losses you know really maybe no more than 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 four i would say at the most so you know they, they're in contention for for a really high seed I think the other really nice story this year has been Manchester Central and and their their return to playing really good lacrosse. Coach McGinnis has got his guys playing really well, and you know I, talking to their kids after the game, they're excited right now. They're looking at their schedule and being like, "Hey, if we get eight or nine wins, are we hosting a playoff game?" It's like, "Yeah, you." It, you, it you looks like it. it yeah, looks like yeah. you definitely are. You know that, and that would be huge for that program. Um, you know, and those are I've had a lot of those kids. Alec Kakavis, uh, Alex Hawkham, Owen, Owen McNichols. Those guys have been – they've put their dues in, and it's great to see them having success right now like they are. Talking about, um, you know, matchups coming up in the next couple of days and um, perhaps none bigger than the one that's scheduled for Friday in Division Three, where you have Hopkinton um, at 8-0 with their um, – I believe it's 42 games in a row that they've now won. Coming down to Pelham, Pelham's undefeated as well, or at least as of last check. Uh, I know they had a game on Wednesday against Trinity, but um, you know the way they've been playing, I, I kind of expect them to be undefeated going into that game on Friday. Um, you know, it's it. I, I I'm really interested to see what wins what happens in this game because we know we know Pelham's good. Um, we know Hopkinton's good. Is Hopkinton as good as they have been the last couple of years? Has Pelham caught up to them? Coming into the season, I didn't think it mattered. I thought it was I thought it was a Hopkinton world, and that was where what what caught my eye is Pelham went on the road, wins 15-7 at Monadnock, a good Monadnock team that returns a core of their seniors from that playoff run, I, and then Monadnock the, comes out to Hopkinton and nearly knocks off Hopkinton 15-14. So it tells me that there there's definitely some. I mean, I think this Pelham team is really believing right now. You know, that too, and the one we talked about, um, I believe, last week was Pelham going to Laconia and winning by 16 um, was another another kind of eye-opener. Um, you know, and, I mean, and you look at Pelham's defense right now, yeah, they're putting up tremendous, tremendous amounts of goals. But to me, 
they're averaging, I would say if I did some quick math there, I, it looks like they're averaging four goals against a game. And, you know, that's yeah. a recipe. They're winning face-offs, they're scoring a lot of goals, and they're not giving up a lot of goals. That's that's seven against Monadnock is the most they've given up all year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and was more than, actually, they've given up outside of that game, they've given up ten total. Um, so, yeah, and but and if you look at Hopkinton, um, you know, obviously a, a, a great start for them, and they're also putting up some goals. But early on, they had a couple of games that were maybe a little bit closer than you would have expected. You mentioned the Monadnock game. Um, Campbell, they they host them. They only Here's win by win by seven. seven yeah, it it is it, it. Those things can be deceiving though, because you don't know how Coach Deacon Blue is playing. True, that. he could very be, true. He could be recycling through his bench. You know, maybe that they're not. Deep, that could have been 13-1 going into the fourth right. quarter, and then right. you know, um, halftime scores yeah. are always telling. When you when you see the halftime score, you can kind of tell. You know, if a team's up twelve nothing, and then they end up winning, you know, fifteen six or something, it's not as close as maybe that score looks. So. You know, and maybe uh, maybe this other team that that we've now mentioned a couple times deserves to to have an eye kept on them um, coming the rest of the year in Monadnock. I mean, those two games, um, they're only losses of the year. They've got a big win, um, you know, going or hosting. They beat Laconia the other day. That's a big win for them. Um, they go to Plymouth and and get a low scoring win up there. I I think I think Monadnock is definitely the the third team right now. I think it would take I think it would take a really good game for them in the playoffs, but you know it, they're high school kids and things get tighter in the playoffs. And you know one of these teams may decide, hey, we're going to throw a zone or something we haven't seen at the other team, and and anything can happen once once the final four hits. You know, and on the other side, um, had probably one of the bigger girls um, Division three games of the year this past week. Um, you know, with with Hopkinton girls coming to Dairyfield on Monday. Um, a game that um, you know is really interesting to see how it plays out. Two teams that me, I personally don't see a ton of. Um, I was kind of surprised one at how just quickly Hopkinton gets um, gets its offense going. They seem almost from you know the moment they get the they ground ball. Put, they want to push tempo. Yeah, they they yeah. are they are a big athletic team and and, and skilled. Um, you know I thought both teams matched up pretty well with each other and settled off it offense and defense um but hopkinton really impressed with me with like you said the transition from the ground ball to one pass two pass three pass back of the net and and that i think that's what separated that game you know it was an 11-5 game but it was tight throughout most of the most of the first half and and you know there wasn't a whole lot of teams didn't break away and then the second half hopkinton was able to control the draws a little bit uh they definitely controlled the ground ball battle and they really pushed it in transition um, you know, talking to some of the girls at, at Dairyfield afterwards, I, I think they felt, you know, they, they definitely could have played better and they were disappointed that, you know, they didn't take more advantage of some opportunities they have. Um, I, shot, I thought Shauna Lemery's played tremendous in net. She kept Dairyfield in it for, for a, a good amount of that game. But on the flip side of that, Hopkinton's goaltender played really well too. She made some key saves on some good shooters and, and Lucy Licata and, and Olivia Strong. Um, who normally are, are fantastic, and I think they're going to be. If those two teams see each other again, I think it'll be even closer than it than it was this time. I, th I think Derryfield will be ready for for Hopkinton's uh, attacking style. Maybe have a little bit different game plan to slow it down a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned um, Shauna. I wasn't going to attempt to pronounce her last name. I was going to leave that one up to you. <laughs> um, I was really impressed. I mean, that that's what kept Derryfield in the game in the first ten minutes. 
was was just I I don't know if I've ever seen I would say at a, least a goalie come out that five like that. to maybe half dozen um, you know eight meter one on one shots that kind of you know free position shots that that definitely kept Derryfield in that game early in that first half when they they were looking to get their feet underneath them and and um, you know slow down Hopkinton a little bit I mean a lot of times what she was doing was I mean Hopkinton was coming in uh, you know like I said alone and I think she was catching them by surprise by just charging out of the net tremendously and aggressive it, yeah. tremendously athletic um you know and plays great angles she's able to come out and and take away what what the shooter has and force them you know we as a goaltender we talk an awful lot about making the shooter do what you want them to do and not reacting to what they want to do so when you can when you can surprise especially in the girls game when you can surprise the shooter and kind of force them into taking a bad shot um, you know, it works to your advantage, and Shauna did that really well in that game. You know, um, the team that's kind of um, or two other teams that I feel like are are, are going to be right there. You know, with Hopkinton, with Derryfield, um, as this season goes along. One being St. Thomas, who played Hopkinton first game of the year. Um, you know, came up short, losing 18-11. But looking at that, they scored 11 goals on Hopkinton. Um, you know, was a bit of an eye opener. And then you know they they. Um, you look at you know what they did this week. They go to Laconia and get a big win there, beating Laconia 13 to 10. And then on Tuesday they go to Kearsarge and come up short, but still they lose 10-9 um, to a very good Kearsarge team, who is the other team that you know I I, I you know think is going to be kind of maybe that fourth um, fourth team that's going to be up around the top there. You know their only losses coming against Pelham and Hopkinton this year. They've been on a pretty good run. Um, and have a big game coming up on Friday against Derryfield. Pelham dropping a tough one the other day to Campbell, but then bounces b back and, and wins 14-5 over Trinity. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of it, – it's high school and there's a lot of weird things going on. There's a lot of sickness going through school, so you don't know what happened there. But Campbell is playing well right now, but I, but I agree with you. I think I think Pelham, Kearsarge, Derryfield, Hopkinton, I think you're starting to see there within, you know, maybe St. Thomas and, and Campbell – kind of being in that range I think that it speaks to volumes about how important the one seed is going to be in division three this year you're gonna have a much easier road to get to the final four in the finals if you're the one seed and why that Derryfield um, Hopkinton game was so important I don't know any other um, any other thoughts about this week or what's coming up or any other games that you are keeping an eye on well I'm, I'm really excited to see I think in the next week or so you're gonna you're gonna really see division one boys kind of shake out as far as like the the seeds maybe three through uh three through nine are gonna go um there are just some absolute huge games um you know we didn't really touch on Sauhegan's got a bunch of a bunch of really big games coming up they've had an unfortunate run where they they've played some really really good opponents um and now they're getting into the games where okay we yes we played the good teams now now we've got to see how do we how do we shake out there? You know they're sitting kind of at the bottom of the standings right now, but that's a team with a tremendous amount of talent on it. That uh, you know we talked about in the beginning of the season is is having the ability to make a Final Four run or even a Final Four or a top four seed. Yeah, they've um, they definitely have struggled four losses in their last five games. Um, but we 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 thought that coming. We saw that on their schedule and said they just got to make it through this and come out on the other side. Yeah, definitely a lot of um, a lot of potential wins there in the back end of their schedule. Um, no, any other thoughts or? 
I think uh, you know it's just um, hopefully we'll, we'll keep the we'll keep the good vibes going. Hopefully, hopefully the weather uh, cooperates for the next week here yeah, and we, you know we start it, to get games in. No Five games keep, in one uh, week is too much for any <laughs> any lacrosse team. We don't want to go. Um, we don't want to go down that road. Hopefully, we don't uh, we don't end up with that. Uh, he is Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Coach uh, Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for joining me. I am yep. Joe Marcellina. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>